Welcome back, everybody, to another edition, the season preview edition of Tigers Today podcast. Uh, we're on the brink, finally. Long spring, long winter is over, and baseball is happening this week. Tony Paul with the Detroit News here, joined by Chris McCoskey, who's doing a little cameo in Michigan before he heads back down to uh, sunny Florida, the trop, uh, for the opener on Thursday. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Um, you know... <laughs> No rest for the wicked, but that's okay. <laughs> Another season, ready to go? I'm ready as I'm ever going to be. Might as well get to it. There you go. Thursday, 3 o'clock, will be the opener for the Tigers and the Rays down at the Trop. They'll play Thursday, then they'll take Friday off, and they'll play Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and then they go to Houston before returning home to face the Red Sox next Thursday, 110 for Tigers home opener. Tickets still available, by the way. That's weird um, for the home opener, but uh, it is uh, it <laughs> is a fact, it is a fact that uh, the tickets are still available. I'm sure they'll still have a big crowd, but anyway, um, it, look, it's the first season under Scott Harris. Uh, it's a little bit different looking ball club. Um, some things to be excited about, some things to be worried about. Uh, we'll start off the top. Just uh, you know, things to well, let's start with I guess the roster. The roster's kind of whittling down, getting ready to go. Here for Thursday, they made a trade yesterday. What uh, what's new on that front? It's kind of a it's it's kind of Scott Harris in a nutshell. We we knew that they were going. There's still going to be more, probably more waiver moves, more more trades like this when guys on other teams get let go. Guys that that he thinks are an upgrade to this roster, he's going to pick them up. So here we go. McKinstry is a kid from Central Michigan. He's um he's a light hitting utility infielder. <laughs> so he joins a pack of light hitting well, light, infielders on well, the light hitting, light hitting in the majors, but his minors, which is all that matters. Well, it, it he is. rips the heck out of the ball in the Pacific Coast League, but right. there's but, a lot of guys on uh, at the end of rosters and on minor league rosters who right. ripped the ball in the Pacific Coast sure. League. But it's at least noteworthy so, that the it's, yeah, I, it was noted. It was yeah. noted. He has he also has some power. He's got mm -hmm. power potential too. Right. Um, what I like about it is it's not Cesar Hernandez. I, I, I didn't understand Cesar Hernandez from the get-go. If if you're going to preach uh, bats for younger players and playing time and opportunity for younger players, why is the 33-year-old um, kind of second base only guy doing on the roster? So that, that from that standpoint, I can see I would have been more upset if it took Kreidler's spot on the rotation and on the roster. I think Kreidler earned a spot. I think Kreidler can help in a lot of different ways. I think he's a guy that deserves some some extra opportunity and extra at best to see what he can really do if if he's given a true a true opportunity. So we'll see. Um, McKinstry's left-handed hitter that helps. Um, and like I said, he's got upside. Uh, the Dodgers loved him until the until they traded him. So you know we'll see what happens. It's just, it's, we're going to have more of these, Tony. We're going to have more guys coming in. Like okay, he was just let go. We're going to take a look at him. Um, so, so that's that's part of the DNA here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cesar Hernandez was just released this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday, uh, March twenty eighth. Uh, so that that um, that tenure has ended. Um, is the roster? I mean, is it? We're all set. Are we, are we there, or is there a couple more spots? Oh no! no? Oh no! <laughs> we are not all set. <laughs> we we still have some bullpen spots that they're going to take right down to the wire. Um, my my guess is there's five spots already hooked up in that bullpen. Lang, Cisnero, Jason Foley, Tyler Alexander, and they're going to keep the rule five Mason Engler uh, on there. Other than that, now we got 
Chase and Shreve, I think, is going to get a spot. And I and I think Trey Wingenter is going to get a spot. And that's going to leave one spot for either Garrett Hill or Bo Brisky. One of those two I'm suspecting will get it. The other one will go in the rotation at Toledo, get stretched out there. Um, I don't see uh, Tyler Holden making it. Um, but, again, Scott Harris is a man of mystery right now. We haven't been around him enough. We haven't seen him work enough. So anything can happen. And, again, another player could be brought in from the outside to, to blow that whole thing up. So that's how I see it going. Those are the decisions that are left to make. I think, ironically, the bullpen was a strength last year. I think it's probably the biggest uh, mystery right now, the biggest concern right now going into this season. Interesting. Yeah, it's really funny that the bullpen, they, you know, Tiger fans have waited, you know, years and years for the bullpen to be good. And then arguably, if they had a really good bullpen, they might have picked off a championship over their, their heyday. Yep. And, uh, and then last year, the bullpen was really good. <laughs> so, really good on a team that won 66 games. Yeah. Go figure. Well, you know, when you have a team that wins 66 games, the bullpen is is at least getting the opportunities, and uh, they made the most of them last year. Not enough opportunity. <laughs> yeah. uh, interesting. Yeah, well, you know, there's going to be some, some players, the notable players let go over the next day or two, so uh, I guess that could impact, you yeah. know, you know, late Stay surprise tuned, man. Tigers. So. Stay tuned. Absolutely. All right. Well, going into the season, look, it's, a, it's you know, they, they're not using the word. Right? Scott Harris has been very careful not to use the word rebuild. Um, he avoided it like the plague at his introductory press conference last fall. Um, but I think everyone knows the reality of the situation that, you know, that he's getting this, you know, he's using this year to assess what they have and what uh, they don't. And uh, call so, it a transition year. Call yeah, it a transition right, year. Transition instead of rebuild. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Now, if Tiger fans will go nuts if they hear the word rebuild again. So um, they've, they've waited, uh, you know, somewhat patiently, I guess. Um, well, what, what's to like about this team going into this season? Well, it's, 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 a, it's the passing of the torch here. You know, this is, this is Miggy. Um, saying farewell as final lap. And, you know, he's been the, the one pillar standing through this whole mess. All these from the 10, from, he's the last vestige of the 10 year reign there that they had. And, and now he passes it on. And I think, I think what we really had to be excited about is it's green and Torque's time. Mm -hmm. Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, I think it's their time. They've, they've had great springs. They look like they look really good. They look like they're poised for breakout seasons. And if, if that happens, that's going to accelerate things um, a great deal. I think they're both capable of it, talent-wise, uh, maturity-wise, emotionally. I think they're ready for that. I think that's something to really kind of lock into as we get into this season. I think they're both going to have big years. I mean, I, I'm not saying it just because of spring. I just I've been talking to them, seeing the work that they put in the off season. They're ready, and then their talent is undeniable. So that's a good thing. I think I think we're going to be surprised what we see from Matthew Boyd. I know everybody said, oh, Matthew Boyd, we've seen it. Uh, no, you haven't seen this. You haven't seen the the way he's his, – all his pitches are better. The changeup especially is a new weapon for him, even though he's had it in the past. It's new now. It's different. The shape's different. The slider's always been his money pitch. That's been better. And his fastballs have been better, and he's been able to command things. So I think he's something to kind of to lock onto. And then if we, if we could just kind of look down the road, Scooble's going to – Terry Scooble's going to be back at some point. You know, whether it's June, July, or even later than that, worst case scenario, he's going to be back. How What a big boost that is. Um, Parker Meadows and Austin Meadows could be in the same outfield by the end of this season. Parker Meadows was a huge story 
this spring. His power potential, his his um, his growth at the plate, massive. And I and I think you know for the start of the season, I think we're gonna you're gonna really like Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's he's come more than ready. Uh, he they had WC but WBC meant a lot to him. He, he pitched well there. He pitched great all spring, and he's no dummy. He knows that at trade deadline time, he could be flipped because to a contender because he's got the opt out in his contract. So I think those are some things just off the top of my head, you know, to kind of and and also you know. We're seeing some guys going to get their first taste of it. Guy, talented players like Matt Verling and Nick Maton. So, I mean, that's that's the start of it there. Well, you're selling this thing. I'm getting excited about the season now. <laughs> Talking too fast. I can hardly breathe. <laughs> Let's bet, I guess we'll bet the over on the wind tolls uh, in Vegas. Um, I, I would be cautious. You talk about Eduardo Rodriguez. He is going, uh, you know, obviously uh, a lost season for him in a lot of respects last year. He left the team. Um, you know, to deal with some family issues. He seems back. He seems rejuvenated. He's going to start opening day. And you caught up with him, and he's pretty excited about that. Let's hear what he had to say about that. You pitched at every every big stage there is. Um, how are you able to kind of like annoy, ignore all the noise around those big events and just and just stick stay focused on doing your job in those uh, environments? I, mean, I, I will say just just thinking and it's just another game. That's the way I was thinking. You're thinking it's another game. And I just think you don't do my job. Like, throw the ball where I want it, enjoy it, uh, and, and play the game. That's the way. Like I said, I'm never thinking, like, okay, this is, the, this, is this game. Uh, this is that game. Like, we need this game or something like that. You're thinking, you know, I'm doing my job all the time. Is that something you had to learn as a, was, as a younger pitcher? Did, did, it, did you get caught up in that sometimes? You had to learn how to channel that? Uh, I mean, I will say, like, when I, when I get to the big leagues, like the first couple, the first couple of years was kind of like a little bit thinking too much and all that. So I feel like I learned, especially watching uh, my teammates, like all the guys that I play with. Um, some of those guys all the time tell me to do like all thinking like that. So that's what I think has been, and then part of the way I learned to do that. You went through that process where you were supposed to be opening day starter, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be, and it didn't happen. And now mm-hmm. you get to do it two years in a row. As, mm-hmm. What what does it? It's still an honor, yeah. I mean, it's even though you've done it, even though it's been you've been through so much, it's still kind of yeah. kind of be a big thing for you. I would say no matter like, which team you play, like, every time you have the opportunity to uh, to be in the opening day, start it's just a huge team. It's just a they they give you the they trust you to be the the first game, the first game, the first guy in the mound for the for the organization. It's something it's really special. Like, every time I have the opportunity, I just go out there and enjoy it. You know? Yeah, you talk about Eduardo Rodriguez; he could be flipped. Uh, you know, you talk about Matt Boyd; he could be flipped. You know, and that's that's the weird thing. It's like these things that you're excited about, and yet, if everything plays out one way, then guys you're excited about could be could be on the move. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to. I'm not sure how fans will feel about that. I guess depends I, on what you get back. That that's the that's the whole key, and I think I think Eduardo's more likely to be flipped than than Matt Boyd. I think. Um, I think it's an easier. I think he could be locked up easier if he if he if he pitches like like I think he will and like he thinks he will. I think that would be a good one to, to kind of lock up. Um, but you're right, man. A lot of these guys. I don't. I don't. I can't envision a scenario where Javi Baez takes his opt out just because I'm not sure what the market will be for him. If, if he has a MVP type season, then maybe we're having we're talking about this differently. But I, I don't. I, I think he's gotten more comfortable here 
the, over this when, when AJ went to, to to Puerto Rico to meet with him and his family, I think that was huge for him. They've they've done some things that he had asked for, like a lot of the changes in the clubhouse. I think are some of the things he kind of pointed to. I think I think they've done a lot to keep him here, and I and I don't think he's as anxious to maybe opt out as as Eduardo might be, especially if the team is, you know, not not winning at a high clip. Yeah, Baez is interesting. Um, I mean, just I mean, call it what it is—a disastrous season a year ago. I mean, there was you know, wasn't good. Uh, it, was, it was a bad start. I don't. I wouldn't call the whole season a disaster because he did come on and, and produce in the last three months, like kind of similar to his numbers. But yeah. the whole season was tainted by that that's that horrible start. A lot of interesting things about the Scott Harris press conference last fall. Um, but he obviously expanded, you know, he pointed out and expanded on how everything that he's going to do is going to revolve around the strike zone from pitchers to hitters, and it's going to affect defense and everything. But the obvious question that everyone asked, well, then how does Javi Baez fit into that philosophy? <laughs> because well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, You're right. not going to take the chase out of his game. You're yeah. Just not. And so that's the thing that's, yeah. And, and that's, you know, and if he doesn't have this banner year, I just, I, I don't see the opt out either. I mean, people are talking about it, but I mean, he's going to leave millions upon millions of dollars on the table if he opts out and doesn't have this mag magical season. Right. Just, that's I, why he I won't. don't see that. No, no, I don't either. And, and I don't think, I don't think he's thinking about it. Like I, I feel like he is really, genuinely settling in here to be a big part of this team. I think he likes the direction. I think he likes the things that Scott has done. I think he, him and him and AJ have a real bond. So I, I, I think he's getting comfortable here. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to chase. And it's just part of his, you know, the thing is he's a really good bad ball hitter and, and that's just, that's who he is. You can't change it. I think he's going to be better defensively. I think he's worked really hard on his footwork at shortstop so that he doesn't make those crazy throws. Um, so that part of it, I think he will be better. And I, and I think if we revisit the opt-out at all, it's going to be at the end when we total everything up because I think he's in a good place right now. Yeah, I think that when well, you touch on it there, I think the biggest, even the bigger surprise to me, I mean, we all know he chases. Um, uh, but the bigger surprise was the defense last year. I don't think yeah, we expected the throwing. Issues, yeah, for sure. so many issues defensively. I think that that was a little bit of a, an eye-opener. Um you know, there's a lot of guys like that on this team. I mean, look, I mean, if you know, if he has it, if he bounces back, if Austin Meadows bounces back, and uh, Scope bounces back, and I mean, Jake, you know, Jake Rogers, if he, if he can, you know, uh, come back from injury, uh, you know, th there's some pieces here. I'm not willing to put him in contention, but I, I think it's, it's intriguing the pieces that they have. I, I think that that's a fair fairer word. You, that you, you have to you have to at this point in the season start looking for ways they can be good. You can't go into a six month season thinking there's no way they can be good. That's that's drudgery. You don't want to do that to the fans or to yourself. But there are some worrisome aspects. I mean, there the fact that we're we're talking we, we mentioned a lot of ifs, you know, a lot of ifs, and and we don't know what Nick Maton's going to look like playing every day over a full season. He's never done it before. We don't know what Matt Verling is going to look like playing every day. He's never done it before. You know, we don't know that the starting rotation looks good on paper, but it's fragile. Those guys are coming off of broken seasons and and and, and shortened seasons last season. So we don't know how, how much they're going to be able to give even the veteran guys. Like Boyd threw 13 innings last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's pitched 200 innings before, but how, how after a year off, year plus off, is he going to respond? 
to pitch in that much. So, so we don't, these are things that we don't know. The bullpen is a total mystery right now. Can, can Alex Lang be a closer? We don't know. You know, is Jose Cisnero at age 34, he's going into his age 34 season. Is he going to hold up? We don't know. You know, so there, there's a lot of, there's way too many ifs to, for, for us to even be thinking about contention, but there are, there's some things to look at where you go, okay, maybe it'll be fun watching this ball club this year. You know, that's, that's the only way I can, I'm not, I can't, I mean, I'm going to see it when, if it's bad, I'm going to see it be there every day and cover it. So I, I might as well not go into it thinking it's going to stink, right? <laughs> Self-preservation. Well, good for you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't peg you as an optimist, but good for you, Chris. I'm, I'm not, I'm being a realist. I'm trying to be a realist. Um, I've always said that if you're going to be bad, at least be interesting. And I think yeah. that there's some potential that there's some interesting factors here. It was, you know, I, I say that because I watched a lot of the early nineties tigers, right? They were terrible, but they were at least entertaining because they had the big bats, you know? Yeah. They had home runs. Right. You know, so at least they were interesting. So if you're going to suck, you know, be interesting and, uh, and keep the fans engaged. And I think there's a, some pieces here that could do that. Um, you know, look, they're also in a crappy division. Uh, and uh, so you never, you know, you just never know how that's going to play out either. Uh, they're yeah. actually not even the, they're not even the favorite to finish in last in the division. Uh, that's the Royals. <laughs> Is that a thing? The, not the favorite yeah, to finish yeah. last? <laughs> right. They're, they're, they're the fourth place finisher, uh, according to the odds. They're picked as somewhere in the 70 to 75 win total. Well, the the uh, the actuarials, like the the baseball perspectives and fan graph, they got them in the sixties again. Yeah. They got to win in like sixty six against sixty seven. So I, I don't usually, put a lot of stock into that. The, yeah, they're usually pretty close on that. Sometimes, yeah. well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you put a number on this team when there's so many variables that are unproven. Right. You know, what's lingering in Toledo? You, we've talked a little bit about that. You know, there's there's some there's a rotation in Toledo that's available you know um who are we looking at to be the first guys up first guys you know to kind of see what they well, got down there I, the I, first I'll guy up is already up yeah who's that first Wentz. guy up is already up Wentz he's yeah. already up right. so after that then you know Fido's down there I didn't I didn't love his spring um I I, I don't know where he's at honestly after hip surgery I don't he was throwing a ton of sliders and, and his fastball was once in a while good, once in a while not. Um, I think Matt Manning is still very much on, on an edge here. I don't think Matt Manning is locked into making 30 starts. He's got he's got some development to go to. We still don't know really. I mean, we see flashes of what he can be, but he 12 starts last year. You know, we don't we don't know how good his he can be over time. And that that's that's a mystery. You know, I think Brisky and Hill are are in the topic of you know, they're going to be the next starters up eventually. Whichever one of those don't start in the bullpen will be stretched out and be available. Ronnie Garcia is down there. Um, that's not going to make anybody, you know, buy uh, playoff tickets. But those are the kind of guys down there. And then, again, I repeat, Harris will bring more guys in. There will be more guys coming as, as this goes on. Um, there's a guy down there that was in camp for a mile named Brennan Hanafy, who who looks pretty good. He's a six. Six 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 five guy who, who brings some brings some velocity and he's got he's got a slider so I, I think he's a guy that will be in that mix in Toledo as well. You know who's in Toledo who I didn't think was going to be in Toledo was Akil Badu. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and him and Kerry Carpenter battled right down to the end there and they took the power bat of Carpenter over some of the athletics uh, athleticism and speed that Akil was starting to show. So that could be flip flop too. And that, keep in mind that. Hinch has said repeatedly that the, the opening day is just one date of a roster. 
I mean, this thing is going to be fluid throughout throughout the, the early months, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Well, what about Parker Meadows? How soon do you think we might see him, if you were to guess? Well, not not right away. Not right away. Well, They're going to let him get settled in there and get get a bunch of at-bats in AAA. Um, but um, by post-All-Star break, I think you start thinking about it. Andre Lipschitz, too. If he, if he goes down there and rakes like he was raking in the spring, he's, a, he's an option to come up. Um, so those guys, Cole Keith, Cole Keith is 20 years old and Cole Keith hasn't played a lot of baseball professionally. Cole Keith is a stone cold hitter. So there's another guy to keep an eye on as he, as he kind of matures up through the system this year, I think he's going to be one of those two level guys where he ride, you know, he, he keeps climbing and he'll be knocking on that door come September. So they, they got some hitters down there. Uh, Jace Young is another guy that looked pretty good at the plate in his brief time here. So, they got they got some guys coming down there that 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 they're excited about for sure. We haven't seen enough of them to know, but you know that part of it, the development part of this team is is taking leaps and bounds to the positive. Um, back to the rotation really quickly. We talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but they obviously have a day off after the opener here. They got another day off next week after the opener in Detroit, um, but. Uh, given the fragility of this rotation or the lack of innings pitched last year, do you think we could yeah. see the six man rotation? Not at, not at first, well, not at first. Not at first. Really I get that. that question. Well, yeah, I get that because we have days off, but right. I'm when the days off go away. I'm right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you could see that. I'm looking at the schedule here. Um, probably not in April. And there's days off in May too. So it's going to be toward the end of May into June where that, that might become an issue or, or a possibility, an option. And, you know, by then a lot of things will have shaken out, you know, Lorenzen will be back, you know, with the Wentz Manning thing will be squared away. So there, there's a lot of things that are going to take place in those months, but that is, that is a way to, to conserve the, the, the workloads on those guys for mm -hmm. sure. I'm really interested to see Wentz. I like his stuff. I just, can he, can, can he find the command? That's the key. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much you've seen him since he's developed this cutter, but he's a different cat. He's really – it's really changed his whole uh, profile on the mound. It, it, it sets up his other pitches. He's not so reliant on that curveball, which, you know, that's a tough pitch to have as your only secondary weapon. So he's he looks really good. In fact, I, I think if it came down to it and Lorenzen stayed healthy, it would have been really interesting to see how they chose between Manning and Wentz because to me it felt like Wentz was on the verge of maybe beating him out, beating Manning out. So you're going to like what you see. Like you said, the lights get brighter. You don't know. But he he did go at that, that Phillies lineup. That was their A lineup. And he he did not back away from it. He attacked it. So we yeah. shall see on that. I mean, do you like a rotation with three lefties? I don't think that matters anymore, honestly. And with that cutter, that's, that's, a, um, that's a two – that's both sides of the plate. Mm -hmm. You can attack with that. And and the way that they have things with the data and, and stuff now, they, they figure guys out right or left-handed. And then they'll they'll pitch to the zones that they can't hit. So I think that matters way less than it used to. <laughs> What's the year hold for Miguel? I mean, I think we all want to see him, you know, go out relatively good. You know, he's meant so much to this organization. Uh, I know fans like to bitch about the contract that Mike Illich gave him, um, you know, in hindsight. But the reality is, and I've stuck with this, I mean, that contract is going to be paying dividends for the Tigers organization for 100 years. You are so correct. You're going There's to see Cabrera Spuzzi's in the fan in the stands a hundred years from now. We're not, but you're going to see that. I mean, what he's meant to the organization. I just, I just want to see him go out, you know, 
I just don't want to see him on the DL or the IL for the for the season or or playing once a week. You know, I just hope he I hope he goes out well. Well, he's going to go out playing once a week, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's already kind of been decided. Um, he's not going to play every day. I think that's one of the reasons Carpenter made the team because he, he's going to be the DH a lot. Mickey may only may, early on, especially Mickey may only play against left-handed pitching. It's kind of what Pujols did last year early. They played him only against lefties, and he got into a rhythm so they could play him. And he had a big season. I mean, that's very hopeful in this case. But right. I don't. I don't think Mickey has anything left to prove. I don't think he well, has. No, I, don't, I, mean, I, I just want to go out healthy. He's going out on his own terms, right. and he's and it's going to be. He's accepting of the role. He's not bitter about it. He understands it. You know what I mean. So it's not like there's any um, acrimony or anything like that. Um, I think in the, there's already a spot on the bricks for his number. There's all, there's all his place in, in, in baseball history is set mm. and secure and and, and and major league baseball history. It's set. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's just enjoy it, man. Like, like let's just enjoy the little kid in him for one last round, you know, just let him, well, the way the, he's been great. You know what? I saw him the other day throwing flips in batting practice to, to some guys mm. like throwing flips, mm. Miguel Cabrera. What are you doing? That's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to miss. Just, 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 just him, his presence. His his childlike enthusiasm of, and love of the game, um, so I'm just going to soak all that in. I'm I'm going to let that he's going to get feted everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. There are going to be gifts. There's going to be you know ceremonies, especially in the, in the central division teams as they they get they good riddance to him one last time. Um, so that's all going to be entertaining and fun. It's going to be a storyline all season. At the end of the day, if 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 his knee doesn't hold up, and he, I, they'll find a classy way to send him out. I I can't see a situation where the last three months he's on the IL and he's back home in Miami and, and that, that won't happen. That won't happen. They'll find a way to, to, to give him a send off. If that knee break breaks down on him one last time. I'll tell you, you know, I know, I know fans are frustrated over the last couple of years of the deal and it is what it is, but man, the fact that we got to sit there and watch him play um, for those years from 2007 to 2000 and, you know, even 18, 17, 18, I mean, it was yeah. some of the most magical baseball. And, I mean, it was just like every time he came to the plate, you just knew something special was going to happen during that stretch. It was just right. – consider yourself right. lucky that you got to watch it. Um, no kidding. I mean, that's that's – got to appreciate the greatness. We don't get a lot of it in Detroit no, sports. No. We got to no, no appreciate one gets, it. No, you know, no organization, I mean, even gets a guy, you know, like that, you know, that comes around all the time. You right, know? correct. I have, I'm with you. I don't understand the – what did they think was going to happen when this guy turned 40? Did they right. think he was going to be winning triple crowns at 40? That's That was never a realistic right. <laughs> hope. Right, right. Yeah, and it, boy, it'd be it'd be something if you if you could find something like Pujols found last year. I'm not optimistic, obviously, that that's no. going to happen. But, but I wasn't optimistic that Pujols would find that either. I mean, the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals, gave, point. They gave, the Cardinals gave him a roster space as a courtesy and turned out to be unbelievable. Um, so yeah. you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, it, would, it would be really, what would really be great is if they caught a little fire like they did in 21 and started flirting around 500 and playing good ball and having that, that go and let his, let his, um, his exit be, well, I got, I got you to this point at least right. I'll go, I'll go take it the rest of the way. Right. That That's, that's kind of realistic. That could happen. They could get hot. They could play good ball. There's enough talented pieces and there's, you know, I, I trust AJ with the matchups and exploiting matchups and putting guys in position where 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 the, he can maximize their skills, whatever they are. 
I, I think that could happen. But you know, for to anybody to think he's going to go go out Pujol style is yeah. that's a little bit that's a little bit hard to hard True. to see. True, but again, just saying, nobody thought Pujols would go out Pujols style. Anything's possible. Just never. Um, <clears throat> like you said, there's a spot on the wall out there. I will make a prediction, and whenever it is. This will be a number that the Tigers do not wait to retire until he makes the Hall of Fame. This will happen in shorter order than that. I, I truly yeah. that. I, I I think it'll be next year even. So right. Um, well, they've already they've already kind of uh, broke the seal on that putting putting uh, Whitaker's number up there. <laughs> right as they should. So, as they should. That's yeah. one of my gripes with the Tigers forever. It's like what you know. Why do you need the Hall of Fame to validate validate your great players? And you know the Illiches have in, you know they've done that with the Wings too and. So uh, I don't think they'll wait. I think that'll be soon. So be interesting to see. Last thing, AJ Hinch, um, he's back. Obviously, him and Scott Harris apparently have hit it off very well. I guess just what have you seen from him this uh, this spring? And I just want to throw this number out there in Vegas. I know Vegas take it for what it will, but Vegas just sent me the favorites among managers to get fired. Oh boy. And AJ Hinch is the third favorite to get fired for the first manager fight. The third, really? the third favorite. According to Vegas, he is seven to one behind Dave Martinez of the Nationals at five to one and Derek Shelton of the Pirates at six to one. So I they just went reverse hard by these. Listen, uh, man, they, all they did, Tony, was they went off the worst <laughs> records in baseball last year and said those are the three guys that are the most likely to get fired. That that's that has no basis in fact. I, I would put the odds at 101 against him getting fired this year, period. But I'm also <laughs> or next year. I'm also looking at Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. I mean, they had an interesting season last year, and he's among the, the favorites, too. Um, Vegas is Vegas, man. I mean, yeah, you always look at these numbers sometimes, and you're like, what the hell are they talking about until they're always right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, I this one, though. They're not right on this one. I think this one catches me off guard. I guess what have you seen from him? Um, what Have you seen anything different in, in his – Spring, but you know, mood wise, attitude wise, his relationship with Scott Harris going into the season. So it's all been positive. He's been, I expected him to be a little bit different just because this isn't what he signed up for. You know, when he five, you know, when he signed up a couple years ago, this team was already through the rebuild and was going to start to build back up, you know, and uh, this, this is not, they've, they've taken a 180 and gone backwards, but uh, he's been rejuvenated by Scott Harris. They are in lockstep on so many things, especially the culture of development, especially the 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 way that they go about building a team in terms of control of strikes. So get guys who can who can take balls and swing at strikes, get pitchers who can throw strikes and get ahead in the count, and work out of leverage. So they're they're in lockstep on a lot of things. I I think this is this has been interesting to watch them put this roster together. I'm not sure. I I mean I I asked him directly and he he kind of gave me the like what are you talking about like because i've last year he was the de facto gm he was making a lot of the personnel calls especially with the major league roster this year it's way more collaborative right i mean harris has got a, a bigger voice than al did in terms of picking this roster for hinch but he said no nah, well i'm still it's still it's not different it's the same we collaborate we talk all the time and and it seems like it's been – I don't think they've disagreed. Like, I, I can't picture them disagreeing terribly much on Badu Carpenter. You know, I, I I don't think either of them loved Hernandez. I don't think that they wanted that to be 
in in their starting in their opening day roster. I thought they thought they could do better with that. You know, I, maybe if if Tyler Nevin or one of those guys that if he didn't get hurt and played better, maybe he's in there. Maybe if Andy Andy Ibanez wasn't gone for most of the spring, he would have been in that mix, and they wouldn't have had to go get McKinstry. But they, I don't think I don't see them arguing on those. So, and to answer your question, I think it's it's going along swimmingly right now, and I will I will caution you that neither of them have lost a game yet. So let's get into this a few months and see where they're at when it's when they're, you know, whatever ten and twenty or whatever, however they start, and we'll see we'll see what see where, where they're at then. But right now, peachy. Fair enough. And then just lastly, um, we'll be back at the ballpark at Comerica next Thursday. Um, you know, it's a, a little and and you know for you as well, it's going to be a little. A little sad, you know, last April, I mean, Jerry Green, our, our colleague at the Detroit News, was at, at the ballpark last April, um, and he's been around forever and, uh, of course, passed away this week or last week at the age of 94. And I just wanted to get uh, – you've worked with him longer than I did. I just wanted to get your lasting memories of Jerry Green, our colleague. Yeah, well, my most immediate memory is that I'm an, I'm an ass, and I, I was so impatient with him at the end. It was so hard. He – he couldn't hear. He would sit behind me in the press box and he would talk so loud and, and he'd yell into his phone. And then I would I'd want to talk to him. I'd want to pick his brain about stuff, but you couldn't have a conversation with him because he couldn't hear you, you know? So it was, it was so frustrating. I, I, I know I've, I was probably rude to him and I hate myself for that. Um, the other memory was my time covering the lions. He couldn't understand why I hated it so much, why I hated covering football. <laughs> Of all the people he covered the Super Bowl with, I was his least favorite. His least uh, favorite because I dreaded it. I dreaded every minute I covered that beat, and he couldn't understand why. But he was very gracious with me in terms of he appreciated how I covered baseball and how I covered basketball. And he uh, he he said a lot of complimentary things, and, and he pu- pushed me in a lot of uh, helpful directions throughout the course of my career. Um, and I and I loved him. I loved him dearly, and and I. I, I miss him, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say my goodbyes to him um, later today. Yeah, you know, um, I I write a lot of obits for the news. That uh, somehow I got pigeonholed into writing a lot of obits. Yeah, you you promised me you you tell me if you're writing up mine. Yeah, <laughs> but every time I would write, and Jerry would text me. He had an iPhone. He was hip with it. You know, like he would text whenever I wrote a story that he liked. But it, obits, he would always call. And he'd always say, he'd always pick up, the, I'd pick up the phone. And he'd always say, well, I'm next. And I'm like, Jerry, you're going to outlive <laughs> <Yeah>. us all. <laughs> you know? yeah. He damn near did. And, uh, you know, but I'll tell you what, um, he was still watching baseball on Tuesday night. Yes, he was. Before he died on Thursday, he texted me during the World Baseball Classic final. Um, he hated getting old. It just, he hated it. But, um, but uh, what a, what a guy. I mean, just a great good guy you know kind of remind me of ernie harwell in a way in that you don't hear too many people say too many negative things about about jerry green and i'm glad at least that you know i got to work with him a little bit i know you got to work with him more but uh we'll miss him we'll say goodbye to him this week and uh yeah yeah 94 that's a long life i'm not gonna make it that long that's for sure yeah me um, buddy <laughs> All right, that's it. Tigers open up Thursday, Tampa Bay, 3 o'clock for game one of 162, and then they go on to Houston for three games. They'll be back home next Thursday against the Red Sox. 110 tickets still available opening day. 
Um, check out um, all our preview coverage. It's going on all week. DetroitNews.com. Check out Chris's coverage throughout the season. And, of course, Wojo and Neo. And I'll chime in occasionally. Mr. Henning as well. Can't get him to retire. He's still he's still writing. He did a great piece on Verlander and Scherzer uh, reuniting with the Mets. So check that out at DetroitNews.com. But until then, I know Chris has to get packing again. He's going to be heading back down to Tampa. But we'll uh, we'll see you in a week back in Detroit. Yep. Thanks, Tony.